right, we right, remained right. friends, but I went on to pursue the call of God in my life. Now, you been married? Never have. You got never been married. <laughs> I got engaged once. Yeah, but it didn't work out. <laughs> it pan out too good, didn't it? Uh, now, of course, you have an incredible musical bit of talent. Tell us where that started at. Well, it's my dad was a guitar player and a musician, and uh, I guess as far as the flesh, as far as you know, the earthly part of it, it came from him. Sure, sure. came from him. But I had a stepdaddy in my life, a good man uh, at one time who. Uh, loved bluegrass music, and mm-hmm. uh, he kept it playing around the house all the time. Never got to spend enough time with my daddy to really develop uh, that uh, part of my life. But uh, this guy was uh, was really good for that. Of course, he and my mom didn't work out. But later when I got saved, and I'm glad that it didn't develop before I got saved because it could have took me places and into places I didn't need to right, go. Right, but, right, right. Um, I just started, uh, my mom bought me a guitar and a chord book after I'd been saved and serving the Lord. She bought me a guitar and a chord book, and uh, it went from there. I learned now, three chords and wrote a little song so what the, shortly after. What is What it say about country music, three chords and the truth? <laughs> yes, sir. Now, you play the guitar and the piano? Yes, sir. What else do you play? Well, I play. I can play a bass. I play a little bit on a mandolin, but... The main two are, are the guitar and the piano. Yeah. Yes. Now, do you like do you like to sing and things like that? Yes, sir. That's, yeah. I do like to play some lead guitar, do some picking, but uh, my calling is is more conducive to me sitting at a piano and leading worship or or doing a bluegrass gospel or a country gospel song with a guitar and, and more like accompaniment. Sure, I understand. Mm-hmm. So we graduate from Op High School. Yes, sir. What take us from there? What 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 was the next few years of your life like? Well, got a job and just stayed in the local church and mentored under my pastor for uh, you know several years, about five years. And opportunities began to open, doors began to open for me to give my testimony. And from that, I began to see issues in the church uh, that the Lord would give me His word uh, toward and. By the time I'm 18 or 19, I'm, I'm doors are opening. I'm taking opportunities to preach and and share the word of God and share my testimony. And uh, during this time, it, it's it's I'm sort of testing the waters. But it got to a point to where I really had to make a commitment to follow my call, and that scared me. And I run for a little while. Sure, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Uh, so you got you was you done? Uh, what kind of work did you do? I did uh, electrical work and plumbing, and uh, I did sales uh, along, you know, churches I would serve and places I would be. I'd, I'd have a job as with an electrician or a plumber, or even supply sales. Yeah, did that yeah, as I well. So you now we're still in Lower Alabama. We're still yes, in Up Alabama. Yes, sir. So then you become you get into your third. Now you're still singing because you had a you had a career taken off in the music for a while, didn't you? Yeah, my mid thirties. Tell, tell us what happened there. Um, well, I was I would be playing and singing in in these local churches, and uh, there was a small church outside of Op that uh, booked in a father and daughter duo named Jerry and Tammy Sullivan. And they uh, came out of Jackson, Alabama, but uh, they had got bluegrass gospel. Their their family, the Sullivan family, is well known for bluegrass gospel. And they um, got on a level to where they were actually on Gaither videos. Oh, sure enough. Taking bookings and 
and uh, rubbing shoulders with Ricky Skaggs, the older guy I'd worked with Bill Monroe. Sure. And I met them in a church and uh, had an opportunity to go on the road with them. Right. I was writing songs by this time, and the patriarch of that family uh, noticed God's hand on my songwriting and let me uh, go on the road with them for about a year so I could study their music and spend time with them and, and kind of see how this thing works and as they serve different churches. And, and they also... The goal was to introduce me to bigger people in the songwriting line of things. So God was opening up the door for you to do some songwriting and yes. things like that. Well, thank yes, God sir. for that. Amen. Yes, sir. So now that that kind of played out. One of my one of the highlights of my life, it definitely was. And I just decided after, you know, getting on that level with them and meeting some people in that level that uh, I would rather serve the local churches. Uh, success and bigger stages something has a way of changing some people sure it does not yeah. everybody but uh after after that experience i just decided i would keep my gifts in the local church right. and try to make a difference there right. amen so you was preaching and singing in local church just serving maybe like a local church evangelist maybe and then yes, you may be doing interim work i understand yes, well so tell me some things went awry with you Yes, sir. After we got off the road, and and by this time I had I had several years in music and interim pastoring and and uh, leading worship in churches, working with young people. Had several years of this, and uh, I had that opportunity to go on the road and spend a year doing that, and come back. I began to wake up uh, before daylight with my knees hurting, just aching, throbbing. I'd have to get in a fetal position near about to to get the pressure off of them, and so just a lot of pain. Not yes, a lot of pain. sir. Yeah, bless Chronic. your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, so yeah, keep telling story. I just wanted to. But anyway, uh, this this led to going to a doctor, and and uh, of course, without even praying about it, without even knowing. Uh, the horrors of opioid addiction, how physical it can get. I um, opened myself up to prescription meds mm -hmm. and, and began taking uh, pain medicine that, that a doctor had prescribed to me and took it right, I mean, for the most part. Right. But day after day, year after year, month after month, your tolerance goes up, and this many this year can be twice that many next right. year. Right, And innocently enough, you, you don't mean to get in trouble, but physically you get in trouble. And it took about three and a half years for it to uh, really uh, get to a point where I was I was out of control. Sure. And really caught in a cycle of uh, had no money to go to detox, and I didn't I didn't want to suffer <laughs> what right. I knew is horrible suffering. Sure. Uh, to get off of that, and uh, besides that, the pain's still going to be there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, as it always goes, uh, long enough in that cycle, and you you wind up losing control, and, and we're having what we call recovery life controlling issues. You can't hold a job. You can't. Everything depends on that medicine. Yeah, right. And it right. got to that point, and, and I inadvertently lost everything. Sure. Had yeah. to resign. Uh, my ministry and sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Now, uh, so tell me how you get come in contact with Brother Rick Hagen and his place. Well, I had uh, I had gotten help at a at a halfway house for about six months and and done pretty well there. I had a couple of of what we call head bumps there. It, it, it 
wasn't really run right. It was allowing this and that and struggled there. But I had pretty much six months and uh, had an opportunity to get out of that and move in with a family. And, and uh, they were good people. And I had a good environment. And I took a job uh, that was taking care of about 90 apartments and uh, young managers kind of pushing. And, and the pain be became an issue again. And you know trying to hold on to the job and and manage the pain i relapsed again right, and right. and and that brought a lot of condemnation mm -hmm. a lot of shame a lot of guilt and besides that the devil you know getting on my back and saying you're finished you're you're no good you're washed up there's no way you can you know overcome this right and right. it had me in a bad spot sure i was sure. stuck i was stuck and I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, after trying and failing and, um, you know, getting to that place and hearing this, you know, from the, from the devil, I just, I struggled with whether or not to continue living and, and struggled with that for about two weeks. Sure. You know, whether or not I'd go to heaven if I... Killed yourself. Killed so myself. Sure. It was a horrible place. Right. And this was Christmas this past year, 2022. Right. right. And I had some friends... Uh, that were uh, knew Brother Rick Hagins with yeah. his place in Opelika. They knew him personally, and they were friends of mine. They were missionaries that I had supported uh, during during the years, yep, yep, during yep. the good years. Sure, sure. And so they made a call to Brother Rick personally and said, told him who I was, that I had a history in the ministry, had medical issues that led to a right. unhealthy dependence on medicine. And I reached out to him myself, and I just said, Preacher, I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm just stuck. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've tried and failed, and, and I don't feel like I can go any further. And uh, I didn't have any peace about it in my life, and nobody should have any peace right. about that. Right. But it's a place it will get, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, it's, a sir. Place, it's a real place that people get. And uh, Brother Rick Hagins was there for me. Sure, thank God for that. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord for that. Yes, sir. He sends the right people in at the right time, don't he? Well, I couldn't go any further. Amen. I mean, Amen. he didn't have room at the at the ministry. Actually, he, they were they were to capacity. Uh, we got thirty or forty a uh, thirty or forty bed facility, and we were to capacity. He said, "You come on, and you come on now. Yeah. We'll get you a place you can sleep on the couch." Because sure. I told him what I just told you. Right. Amen. He said, "Get on up here. Yeah, yeah, and quick as you can, just bring the clothes that's on your back." Right. And he introduced me to Kenny Young, which is our director. It's over the operations there in the house. And uh, he has taken very good care of me. Amen. Amen. Now, you've actually you've done went through the, a little bit of the program. You threw the program. Now you, you're serving other men that's coming in, right? Yes, sir. I'm at the seven-month mark, and I'm, I'm at the edge of what you call transition. Sure. Where, where you move out. You're still in, you're still in the care mm -hmm. of the ministry, but you're... Uh, out into uh, out in a housing situation where you work and and um, and live with two or three other men in a house and it's 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 their version of what would be a halfway house right, you I know understand. to help you transition on out uh, into life again save some money right. and transition on out into life again but in a safe environment sure. to where you have accountability and uh, pastoral care that you need. Sure, amen. So I want you to listen to what he just said. We're going to recap right fast what he said. This is a man that grew up multi-talented, decided that he wanted to pastor 
Well, he wanted to serve God in a local church, walked away from what could have been a lucrative career, had pain. We're not talking about somebody sitting around one day saying, you know what, I think it'd be cool to use a needle. No, he was in physical, and you're in pain sitting right here right this very second, aren't you? Yes, right. He's in a lot of pain. So he started rightfully. They hand you, you got some pain, they hand you some medicine. It turned into something that it shouldn't have turned into. See, the devil always pays in counterfeit money. And if he can get a toenail in, he's going to get a toenail in. And he does it in my life, does it in everybody else's life, whether it be addiction to opioids or a bad attitude that turns into hate and contention and unforgiveness. But the devil's going to hold on. That's why you'll never let the devil ride in your car, because pretty soon he's going to want to drive, and he will. I got a song about it. I have to do that song for you. Yeah, sure. Why would you do that? So, but well, That's true, brother. Amen. Thank God. So he, this is a preacher now, multi-talented. Hurting so bad, got addicted to pain medicine, spent three and a half years fighting that battle. Mm-hmm. At the end of the three and a half years, just was lost. Thought about ending it all. Fought it for two weeks, he said. Mm-hmm. See, the devil, if he can't get you bad, he'll get you busy. Yes, then sir. he can get you bad. Yes, but he reached out. Thank God for Rick Hagen in his place, Harvest yes, Evangelism. Thank God for that. Look him up, yes, uh, Brother Kenny Young. But now he's come up in the ministry. He's got some responsibility. We had him here at First Baptist Church of Hoganville today. He just showed up. Picking and singing, testifying, he come. We have them over every so often, so we just rejoice about that. So, yes. listen to me carefully. God is real. Yes. Jesus Christ is real. He makes all things new. But let me say something very serious. So is the devil. Yes, sir. and the devil will take us down as far as he can go. Because sin always costs us more than we want to pay, makes us stay longer we want to stay, and it's out to get us. It's going to destroy me and destroy anybody else. But God said, "Greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world." And thank God for that. Thank God for a man who went to the brink and God brought him back. Not everybody makes it back. Brother Bill and I was talking, I think maybe this year we're up to about a dozen (coughs) ODs. Um, Opioid addiction, fentanyl addiction is a very serious thing. And uh, once again, if you know somebody struggling with that, please, please, there's no shame, there's no judgment, there's no guilt tripping here. We just want to help people. I went through it. Brother Bill Dollar, our director, went through it. My family went through it. Bill's family went through it. This dear brother right here. Look, we're all kind of in this together. <laughs> Ain't yes. nobody bearing anybody else. We're just trying to help each other. Somebody yes. helped us. We're just trying to help somebody else. That's all we're doing. Yeah. But, Joe, why don't you, if somebody's sitting out there right now, they have a pill addiction. Maybe they're taking Klodopin or maybe they're stuck on opioid or some other type of opioid or something. Or maybe somebody's sitting there, they're depressed and discouraged, lonely, and sitting in a room by themselves full of isolation, don't want to talk to anybody. What would you speak into their life right now, Brother Joe? Why don't you take a few minutes, just tell them. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that God knows exactly where you are. Amen. He knows the pain you're feeling. He knows the struggle. He knows the hopelessness. He knows the despair. And, he, and listen, he gave you a prescription for it. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, Amen. and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you have not known. Just right where you at, if you'll just say like I said, God, I'm stuck. Right, amen. I'm stuck, and I can't go any further. Will you please help me? Amen. Will you send me help? Next thing is tie a knot in a rope and hold on. I, I told I helped a dear brother years ago, a pastor, a preacher that had the same problem. I went with another man of God. The, the other preacher was going to beat him over the head with the Bible, which I understand his point. But I said, hold on, I don't think he needs that. I got in front of him, knelt down, and held him. And I said, brother, listen, if you can't go forward, don't go backwards. You drive a stake in the ground, and when Jesus comes and you sense it's his voice, 
Go with him, and he'll deliver you. Call upon the name of the Lord and be responsive to his voice and be responsive to the next thing, the next person that he sends to help you. Amen. That's what I had to do. Brother Amen. Rick told me to get your stuff, come on, or come like you are. I had to respond. I couldn't just hope that it would get better. I had to surrender and submit to the help that God sent me. Amen. Amen. And I'm gra- I'm grateful I did. Amen. We're Amen. glad you did, too. Now, like he said it best. He didn't have to go. He couldn't stay down there where he was at. So, you know what? That's too far. I'm not going up there. I can handle it on my own. Guess what? We can't. I was scared to death. Yeah. But I knew it was necessary. Amen. That Amen. I, I wouldn't get help if I didn't surrender. Right. Amen. Amen. It's Brother Judd Holderfield, just a man of God, and God's used him. He's preaching, singing, testifying, and we appreciate so much about that. And just yeah. thank God for what you ministered our hearts and lives about. Once yes. again, it is his place in Lafayette, Alabama, a ministry of Harvest Evangelism, Brother Rick Hagen. Yes, sir. Kenny Young is the director. And Brother Judd's down there now. If you need yes, some help, I mean, reach out to him. Yes, sir. And uh, on behalf of First Baptist Church, Brother Bill Dollar, Brother Bill, anything you want to add to it? Okay. We love you and thank God for you. And once again, remember this. Jesus loves you and so do we. And should you need any help, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. God bless you. Bless Thanks you. for tuning in. Man.